Welcome to the Locked Up Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope you are well. Coming to you on a special Sunday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. I wanted to uh, certainly uh, get a, a, a show out uh, with a lot of news that came down the pipe of from uh, uh, this Sunday morning, obviously, uh, as has become a very common occurrence in our culture. Um, Adrian Wojciechowski had plenty of Woj bombs this morning, but some very you know anticipated ones and some very needed ones as far as it comes to the Grizzlies and the rest of the NBA with some very important information when it comes to this season, and we're going to break it all down for you in this show. We're also, um, and, and, you know, we'll talk in the first and second segment, uh, a little bit into the second segment, we'll talk about the important dates, what it means to the Grizzlies, some other important aspects of the season as well uh, coming up uh, in the 2020-2021 season. And in the second and third segment, we'll also discuss, uh, um, you know, as far as the trades uh, that are, you know, being talked about, the first thing we're going to discuss in the first segment is the the trade moratorium. We finally got some information on it, but discussing some, you know, opportunities for the Grizzlies out there. I know that we can speculate all day long about certain players and, you know, the potential trades that could lead for them to, you know, be on the way. We will likely do that in a future episode here over the next few weeks, but more in general, want to talk about some different ways in which the Grizzlies could potentially look to add talent, you know, ways that kind of in the past couple of days have come to light that may not have really been, you know, thought of as being likely, you know, in the past. I'm not necessarily saying this means that there's going to be a significant deal that struck, but more ways, more creativity could be out there for the Grizzlies than previously thought, and we'll discuss that a bit into the second and third segment. As always, I want to remind you that the show can be found at Locked on Grizzlies, myself at Stats SAC. You can also find the podcast wherever they're available, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, the podcast app um, on your phone. All those different sources are certainly there. We're available wherever you choose to listen to your podcast. And for the next few weeks, more than ever, you know, even the season with all that's going on, there's a wide array of wonderful Grizzlies podcasts that are out there. I certainly suggest that you listen to all of them as much as you possibly can. My colleagues over at Grizzly Bear Blues, obviously Keith Paris through Fast Break Breakfast and Grits and Grinds, the Daily Mimpian. There's a lot of great uh, Grizzlies podcasts, of course, here. We certainly will be keeping you up to date with daily podcasts, both talking about what could happen and reacting to what has happened. You know, as we go through the next few weeks, of course, myself, uh, Sean Coleman, I've been covering the Grizzlies for a little over two years through riding at Grizzly Bear Blues and doing podcasting. This is the type of stuff that I live for in doing this. This is one of the main reasons why I enjoy doing this so much is getting to talk with y'all and give you my perspectives of all that's going on. So make sure to tune in to and join us every single day, you know, almost, you know, maybe even over the weekend, you know, a few times as we've become accustomed to doing over the past few weeks. But we'll have you covered no matter what, you know, talking about all things NBA, but especially the Grizzlies when news comes to light. So let's certainly get into what Woj came out and said you know, this morning, and we'll kind of, you know, basically go over what each of his tweets meant, you know, when it came to talking about the start of the season. The first major um, tweet that Woj sent out concerned that the uh, trade block that had basically been, you know, in the NBA uh, since uh, the uh, the um, um, end of March, uh, basically the NBA had put trades on hold until certainty, um, you know, was found on how to get the NBA back on as normal a track as possible. So tomorrow at noon Eastern, that actually will be lifted. But as we all know, no matter what type of, you know, actual time and date a deadline is, you're always going to get news breaking before that. And of course, when it comes to trades, we've already seen one. One that likely is going to go down, though the details are still being worked out. That's Dennis Schroeder going from the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Los Angeles Lakers for the number 28 overall pick. 
expect. Expect more news like that to come out. You know, and it wouldn't surprise me if you see some of the bigger names out there: Drew Holiday, um, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. You know, maybe even a name that we haven't thought about potentially being out there. Those type of deals could happen. I know that they were talking about in terms of the in terms of the Pelicans. You know, the Nuggets may be positioning themselves uh, to to try and, and put together a package for Drew Holiday over the next couple of days. So it'll be really interesting to see how trades come together, especially as we get closer and closer to the draft. But the other big one um, started to talk about dates. You know, we talked about certain dates this offseason. Well, another big tweet from um, Adrian Wojciechowski this morning was talking about the season. You know, some important dates that are going on. You know, December 22nd obviously is opening night. And then the All-Star break, which at this point likely will be without an All-Star game, is March 5th through 10th. So there is about a week uh, time frame in which teams will be off or for the All-Star break. May 16th, the season ends. And then another big um, aspect of the season that we'll also talk about in just a moment is that May 17th through the 21st, there will be play-in tournaments for both the 7th and 8th seeds in the Western Conference and in the Eastern Conference this year. And we'll get into that in just a second. But a new wrinkle and a major wrinkle you know, in terms of the playoffs, uh, that'll take place from May 17th through the 21st. May 22nd, the regular playoffs will start. Obviously, um, and then from there, June 7th, you've got the conference semifinals, the June 22nd, the conference finals, and July uh, 8th through the 22nd, the NBA finals. I will correct myself previously, uh, based off some news that had come out about the season and until final dates like this were, you know, determined, you know, it had seemed like that the season may try to get done, you know, in June still, possibly late June, but it actually looks like they're going to go into July, still try to get stuff done before the Olympics start so that players can play for their nations, you know, in the Olympics. But it does look like the season is going to go in July. But in general, it's good to know these dates. It's good to have an understanding of kind of when different dates will occur and and what to look forward to when it comes to the playoffs. But obviously, the thing that really stands out as far as um, that, um, you know, schedule of dates really is the um, play-in tournament, you know, that we first saw introduced through the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers, um, you know, this past season in the bubble. Obviously, it was a little bit of an added wrinkle to try to make up for some of the fairness that had been lost uh, when the season was suspended in March. But now, the NBA does seem like it's going to go forward with this play-in tournament. Now, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of it, especially if you have a a big gap between the 7th and 8th seeds and and the ninth and 10th seeds. But I also do understand why the NBA, you know, may want to do it because it's extra revenue, it's extra games, you know, and high leverage and, you know, in primetime opportunities for games. So that's why they're going to go with it. Of course, what this means, though, is that it's an expanded opportunity for the Grizzlies, for instance, to be on, you know, to be in contention for a playoff spot. Obviously, with a lot of some other teams that are going to be healthier, some other teams that are going to be making, you know, true runs at the playoffs, while the Grizzlies are probably just going to kind of think like, kind of let things naturally go, you know, as they may. The Grizzlies, if they continue to develop, they could find themselves in the running to be in one of those playoff games. Now, the playoff format will remain the same. Basically, the playoff format, the 7th and 8th seeds will need to win one game. The ninth and 10th seeds will need to win two games in a best two out of three series. So that will remain the same. But the encouraging thing for Memphis 
is certainly if they're not in the top eight, is that there are other chances for them to be able to find their way into the playoffs. But of course, you know, if the Grizzlies were to continue to, you know, exceed expectations and improve, and they were to be in that seventh or eighth seed, then the unfortunate thing is that they still have to play in, you know, to get into the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how the reaction of that goes this year. Perhaps the NBA looks to tweak it again once it gets back on its normal schedule and fans are back in the stands. But in general, it is a, it, it is another added significant wrinkle to the NBA schedule. So if the NBA's goal is to add intrigue, it certainly does that. And it also obviously gives more teams chances uh, to make the playoffs. The way that it will work also when it comes to the season is that you know several other things will remain in place. Like for instance, the deadline in which teams can sign their players to extensions. Um, if, it's, if a free agent is signed this offseason, uh, they actually could be traded earlier than usual in the season. You know, so you could see some sign and trade opportunities that may work out into the season. So with these dates now known and with a lot of certainty now gained from the NBA kind of putting these things in place, we now can add more ability to speculate, more ability, you know, to to project what's going on as far as teams go. And so it'll be really interesting to see uh, what occurs. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about this trade season, what all could occur, and we'll get into the Grizzlies as well. But mainly we're going to focus on, when it comes to the Grizzlies, some other avenues that could you know, add the, to the possibility that a deal could be struck. Some different ways in which Memphis might be able to find, you know, encouraging the other ways in which the Grizzlies could add to you know, their future value in the present. So obviously, as I had mentioned earlier this week, the best way to describe this upcoming week is it's going to be chaotic. But on Monday, you can trade them. On Wednesday, you can draft them. And on Friday, you can sign them. That obviously has remained in place. But so now we're talking about, obviously, the uh, the uh, trade moratorium being lifted. And it will be 11 o'clock Central, 12 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. And so when it comes to these trades that are being talked about, I talked last week about you know how a lot of teams in the West, you could see them take a step back or take a step forward unexpectedly based off what they're looking to do as far as you know acquiring players or trading players. And plus, with this new play-in concept, you know, not new in terms of the fact that we've seen seen it before, but now with it being in place again for this season, that could also alter things as well. Basically, you could have many more buyers, and you're not going to have as many sellers. There are going to be many, you know, you're going to sit here and, and have a significantly more you're going to have a significantly higher number of teams this year who feel they have a chance to make the playoffs than in previous years. So that certainly could change how aggressive teams are this offseason and how much leverage other teams have when it comes to trading, you know, their assets. Obviously, though, you know, one thing about the Grizzlies is that one big benefit of their success last year, as we've talked about, is the fact that there really is no bad outcome when it comes to this season. So in general, the Grizzlies, their main goal, as they have given every indication, is going to be you know, the case, their goal is on the future. And with that being said, I do think that there are now other ways in which they potentially could make a move this offseason that, you know, may not previously have been in place. You know, we've basically been talking about thinking that the Grizzlies are going to mostly stand pat. But what if they want to get, again, get creative? Again, you know, they don't have the cap space to really be as creative as they were last year. Don't have a big trade exception or anything, anything like that as well. But the small trade exceptions that they do have will expire next weekend. Also, when you see the trade market that's out there, 
you could start to see some encouraging signs. For instance, you know, a couple of th- a couple of names that are out there that we've talked about that are really supporting this young core are Jonas Valanciunas and Tyus Jones. Well, both Valanciunas and Tyus Jones, through their excellent play last year and the fact that they're either in their primes or entering their primes, I truly feel that they both could be encouraging trade assets. Number one, they're excellent play. Number two, they're in their prime, so they're probably going to continue to add value. Number three, they're and they're locked into their contracts for multiple years. So whoever were to trade for them would not only have them for multiple seasons, but also for multiple um, uh, playoff campaigns. And the final thing is, is that they really do add value. They could be a very significant piece added to a run for you know certain contenders. Like for instance, you could see Jonas Valanciunas maybe Golden to Golden State to be their five. You could see um, Tyus Jones being added to the point guard mix, you know, in, maybe in a Miami or, or a, uh, uh, you know, with the LA Clippers. I don't think Tyus Jones becomes a 30-minute-a-night point guard, but his, uh, but his ability to, you know, add efficiency certainly is something that could help a contender. Why is that significant, though, if they're, are, if they're so valuable? Why would you want to trade them if you're the Grizzlies? Well, at the end of the day, they are very valuable to the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies are continuing to improve as a team. But let's be honest, the Grizzlies' goal right now is still the future. They still want to remain focused focused on adding to the future to be as strong of a roster as possible two or three years from now when their true window is open to be a playoff contender and maybe more than it is right now. So if Tyus Jones and Jonas Valanciunas can offer significant value on multi-year contracts, they're likely going to move the needle more for a contender who truly wants to win playoff series and have a chance at a title than they are for Memphis. I'm not suggesting that the Grizzlies just trade them to trade them. There's no need to do that. The, the, the core that is here is so strong. The culture is so strong. You certainly don't want to do anything uh, to change that. You also have the goal of making the playoffs. Your goal with these guys is to continue to grow with the young core of Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Brandon Clark, and to hopefully be a playoff team yourself over the next few years. However, with deals where we see Dennis Schroeder landing first-round picks, I do think it makes sense for Memphis to remain very open to the idea of moving players such as Tyus Jones and Jonas Valanciunas because of the value that they can get. At the end of the day, at, at the end of the next two years, when these, when both Valanciunas and Tyus Jones' contracts are up, you know, could we make another playoff run? Sure. Are we going to be in a position to where we're ready to win a playoff series? Probably not. And you also can make the case that once we get past the next two years and we start getting closer to where we're going to have to pay Jaron, we're going to have to pay Jaw, we're going to have to pay Brandon Clark, and hopefully have room to where we add another significant piece who's going to cost money, it's unlikely that we're going to extend Jonas Valanciunas, and in my opinion, probably unlikely that we're going to extend Tyus Jones You know, to a $8 million figure that they're making right now. So if that's the case, I think it does make sense for the Grizzlies to be open to trading one or both of them. Because at the end of the day, if you can get a future asset, like a draft pick, you know, in one of these really strong drafts that you're seeing in 2021 or 2022, you're gaining a future asset that's going to offer you more value when you're closer to contention than Valanciunas or Tyus Jones add now. And if that's the case, if there's a clear need out there from multiple teams for what Valanciunas 
and Tyus Jones offers, I think the Grizzlies would be doing themselves a disservice if they did not at least explore those opportunities. Again, don't trade these guys just to trade them. You know, it's not like they're Kyle Anderson or they're Gorgie Dang, where you simply trading them it, it makes sense because they don't fit for you, or the you know it, it, they're an, a, an asset just makes more sense. These guys truly are valuable, but if the market works to your favor and the Grizzlies gain leverage because of other deals that are occurring, or perhaps because of of the expanded playoff picture now, other teams perhaps wanting to get aggressive and having a clear need for someone like Valanciunas or Tyus Jones, both can be very attractive trade pieces, and I would not be surprised at all if one of them were moved. I don't think both of them are, and I think that odds are more than likely that both of them will be with the Grizzlies going into the season. But if even if something does not happen now, if you have surprise contenders that work out next year, you know, a couple of surprise teams that really are having good seasons, then at the trade deadline, your leverage could be right there again because, again, then at that point, you still could offer Tyus Jones or Jonas Valanciunas in a trade in which they would be able to help their team for multiple playoff campaigns. So, just in general, I'm not sitting here saying that the Grizzlies need to trade these guys just to trade them. I'm not saying that trading them is going to make the Grizzlies better. It's clearly not, at least in the present. But I do think that if the market allows for the Grizzlies to have leverage with Balanchunas and Tyus Jones and they find the right deal where maybe they can get a first-round pick by trading either one of them, I certainly would consider it because I think at the end of the day, that type, that valuable of a pick will have more value to the Grizzlies' future when they're closer to contention than Jones or Balanchunas have right now. So we we talked about assets that we have right now that could become very valuable in trades in which we allocate future assets such as draft picks. But another avenue that the Grizzlies could take is potentially adding players who are in the NBA right now to their core. Coming up, I'll talk about that. Talk about another avenue that the Grizzlies could focus on in which they go after higher ceiling players who may not be in the best of situations but could really blossom if they come to Memphis. Coming up this week, really excited about some interviews and, and some conversations that I'll be having around the NBA draft, also talking you know, about the potential offseason for the Dallas Mavericks. We have Chip Williams, a familiar name. I've had him on a few times discussing the NBA draft and you know this upcoming you know opportunity for the Grizzlies to add to the roster. We're going to talk with him all about that in tomorrow's episode, uh, focusing on the draft, you know, in general, you know, what could happen, you know, in the lottery, but also really focused on, you know, the Grizzlies. You know, the names that stand out to him is making the most sense to potentially potentially select at 40, maybe trade up for, you know, in the later first round or earlier in the second round, and maybe a few names that the Grizzlies could come back into the second round and get with an additional pick. You know, going to talk about all that with Chip. A lot of insight. Love his enthusiasm when it comes to the draft and the Grizzlies. So really looking forward to that. And as mentioned, also we'll be talking with Lauren Gunn, a very knowledgeable, um, you know, writer and podcaster when it comes to the Dallas Mavericks. A few weeks ago, we had our offseason outlooks for the Grizzlies rivals in the Southwest Division. So we'll catch up with her. All that coming up this week. So really looking exciting. You know, really looking forward to talking with them. Some exciting content coming from those folks, as well as obviously all the excitement that's going on with what will be an action-packed week. But getting back to the discussion about, you know, some different ways in which the Grizzlies could, you know, 
find a needed reason to really make a trade, you know, this offseason. Not again, not just to make a trade, but to do something that actually makes sense. Creative ways in which the Grizzlies could add to the roster in the present and the future. And this is more focused on the future. But you know, there, you know, I talked before um, about them potentially trading for Buddy Heald, and, and my focus is not on the level of a Buddy Heald trade. I still think it's highly unlikely they trade for Heald. But the concept that I'm wanting that I'm wanting to highlight remains the same focusing on talents that have not blossomed as anticipated in the in the on the team or in the environment that they're in but certainly offer the intrigue to where they still have significant ceilings and could reach that in a place like Memphis. Heald comes to mind as someone that could do that, you know, to a level, but if you don't want to go, you know, that big of a move, that significant of a move, you know, some other names that could make sense. You know, you focus on Charlotte for instance, using them as an example. There were rumors out there that maybe they'd be willing to, you know, trade Miles Bridges, another name on their team that intrigues me is Malik Monk. But going a little bit away from the names and focusing more on the concept in general, this is a route in which the Grizzlies could go to add to continue to add talent towards their future. As mentioned, the Grizzlies' focus this season is mainly to let what they have in place right now with their roster naturally continue to develop and, and let whatever happens happen. But the Grizzlies also, like you saw them do with the Anthony Milton and Josh Jackson and to an extent Justice Winslow, they focused on talents that were not working out or had not developed to where many thought they would in the environments that they were in. And then they came to Memphis and besides Winslow, both Jackson and Melton obviously worked out better than many had anticipated. You know, Melton could wind up being a player who winds up earning eight, you know, um, eight figures a year because of his play. So if the Grizzlies wanted to continue to have that focus when it comes to potential trades, I think it makes a ton of sense. And you've got some pieces that you really could utilize. Names such as Kyle Anderson, perhaps Gorgie Dang, perhaps Grayson Allen, for instance. Those are all pieces, again, that you don't trade just to trade. They're here for a reason, especially Grayson Allen. But, for instance, in the case of Miles Bridges, I think that he has a higher ceiling than anybody on the Grizzlies, you know, besides the young core that they have for the future. And I also think that he feels a bigger need than maybe a backcourt piece like an Allen. If you could sit here and piece, to get, piece together a trade for him, it may make sense. If you can get Malik Monk and bring his shooting ability in and get take a flyer on him and Taylor Jenkins' system, that also makes sense. So the whole idea is, is that if the Grizzlies feel that there is a talent out there that they they could likely get at a discount because it just has not worked out where they are and that bringing them into the system here, the Grizzlies feel strongly they could have that player meet their ceiling. I think that makes a ton of sense. You know, in, in, in last week, you know, at the end of last week, we had a wonderful conversation with Anthony Sane and he mentioned that he felt another change that will occur going into this next decade that we haven't really seen for the Grizzlies, you know, in the past is them being a potential free agent destination. Them being a place where free agents would want to come and play. I think that Anthony hits the nail on the head. I think that certainly could become a likelihood when it comes to having John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. as the main pieces here for the future. But I do also think that until that becomes a you know reliable source of adding talent, the Grizzlies have to be creative.
creative in ways such as this, potentially taking flyers on high-ceiling players that they like. And I think that a name like Miles Bridges, for instance, and others are certainly ways to do that. And I do think that this Grizzlies front office is creative enough to use the talents that they have, especially their their, their horde of, uh, of second-round talents. I think that it makes some sense to potentially try to consolidate those into a talent that you could control maybe for one or two more years and really continue to build this roster. Perhaps not on the level of a Buddy Hill, maybe not on the level of a Justice Winslow, but just like those ideas made logical sense and the Grizzlies have shown that they feel that that's a valuable way to add to the roster in the past, I think that there are several intriguing talents out there that the Grizzlies could go get using that route again, and I think that that may be another way in which we could potentially see an unexpected move by the Grizzlies over the next uh, few weeks that while we didn't expect for it to happen, once it does happen and once we kind of sit down and really delve into it, it'll make a lot of sense. So I think opportunities like that are out there for Memphis, and I think this front office certainly is keeping tabs on it. Again, in general, don't trade just to trade. You've put in a lot of effort to build the roster that you have. It's done nothing but pass pass your expectations expectations with flying colors, let it continue to develop. But if there's an opportunity out there to where you clearly can either get future assets that will allow for you to contribute to when this team is going to be closer to contention, or you can go out and get current NBA talents that you feel have higher ceilings than what you have on your roster now, but they just need to be in an environment to where you feel that you really could make that ceiling a reality. I think those are two options that this team, that the Grizzlies should definitely keep tabs on. And I feel that you, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a move or maybe even two like that, that could lead to the Grizzlies adding to their roster going forward. As always, always, we can't thank you enough for joining us. You can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC, the podcast anywhere it's available, Stitcher, Spotify, the podcast app on your um, um, iPhone or phone in general. We will be back with you every single day this week coming up. Maybe take a day off on the weekends, but we'll be with you every step of the way as more news unfolds, reacting to all that's going on around the NBA with the Grizzlies, talk about what potentially could happen You know, through the draft and free agency signing. It's going to be an exciting time, and I'm glad to be there every moment with you, so buckle up. It's going to be one heck of a ride. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.